0: On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Janelle Phaedro. We talk about how she forged her own path, going against the traditional consensus on careers to instead pursue her passions. We also talk about her mental health journey and what it was like growing up with a twin. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to journey number six. And today we have Janelle Phaedro, which I think I got that right after we just went over it. Um, How are you doing, Janelle?
1: I'm really good. How are you, Jared?
0: Very good. Um, I'm, I've actually been really excited to have you on. Um, I think that you have a lot of really cool unique uh, perspectives and are doing a lot of really interesting things and so uh, and just interested to get to know you on a little bit of a deeper level too. So um, yeah I'm excited. And I am too. Yeah I actually
1: um I will admit I've I feel like I've been on the hamster wheel a little bit more okay. recently and haven't taken a ton of time to pause and, and think about my journey where I've been and where I'm going and, um, you know, booking this podcast kind of forced me to stop <laughs> and take a look at that. So yeah, I really appreciate it. And this is what you talk about. So even just to bounce some ideas and thoughts off you, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Me too. It's, it's so important every once in a while, just to take that reflection time, right. To, to stop. And like you say, get off that hamster wheel and just, yeah, you know, just put things in perspective too, I think is super important. So I'm glad that this will give you that opportunity. Um, and so I guess if you could just start with, uh, telling everybody a little bit about yourself, um, you know, where you grew up, what you're doing now. Um, yeah, everything like that.
1: Uh, okay. Um, So I'm born and raised in Calgary. Mm -hmm. I believe you are too. Yes. Yes. And um, uh, I have a twin sister. I'm 11 minutes older.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I always hold hold that over her head, even though she is the alpha twin in some ways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we we grew up in Calgary. Kind of normal childhood, I guess, for these standards. Um, our parents were divorced when we were quite young, but um, having my best th- friend with me in life um, really helped, even though I was only seeing my parents half the time. Um, my family's in a really great spot now where we actually can vacation together. It's nice. actually insane, like all family dinners, you know, where the divorce did not keep us apart for long. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my childhood, nothing crazy still and, here. in
0: yeah, I was just going to jump in there and, and ask about that. Um, what, what did that process look like? Was that, you know, kind of a gradual thing of over time, it just, you were able to, you know, spend time together as a family, even though, um, there was a divorce, was it more gradual? Was there a specific event that kind of kicked that off?
1: You know, there was actually, um, 2008, um, the recession was really difficult on my dad. He is a finishing carpenter um, and, or he was uh, by trade. And then when the recession hit, no one was renovating their, you know, multi-million dollar mansions anymore. And that's pretty much where he worked. So um, at that time it was like, he also, he evaded his taxes when he was younger. My dad's like, one of those cool cats you know who like <laughs> the system so yeah. <laughs> so yeah 2008 was really hard because i think that that's when he actually had to start paying taxes and there was no work so he couldn't get a cell phone i think he went bankrupt in that time mm-hmm. and my mom put my dad on her cell phone plan and that was kind of the start i think of everything really really becoming super tight knit again yeah they were civil they had to be um but yeah it's I'm so grateful that this is my life that my like my dad will go mow my mom's lawn because they bought a lawn mower together like they're actually <laughs> so cute yeah. um yeah the, the cutest divorced couple you can ever imagine and um yeah it's it's I I don't really use the word blessing but it's a blessing it's um yeah, I'm really my my family situation is is something that I, I don't take for granted ever. And that's probably why I'm still here. I'm like so close with my family still. And it, it's nice to be able to have family dinners every every couple of weeks, every month, you know.
0: That's that's so good to hear. And sorry to go deep off the beginning here. Um <laughs> but I you know, a question I have, um, and I think it might help a lot of people that, you know, come from um, you know, divorced homes is you know, in that process where your father and mother were starting to become close again, um, was there any, like, was it fairly clear to you? And I don't know um, if you can speak for Lane, but um, as children, was it clear to you that they weren't, even though they're now closer, they're still not getting back together, um, or was that was there like a hope there? You know, kind of mm. how did how did that go?
1: You know. <laughs> Um, no, like they've, they never really dated other, they like dated a few people, each themselves, but it never really worked out. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I really had the hope because of, you know, stories that each parent would share. Um, but I mean, maybe as a little kid, I could say, um, but yeah, even just the fact that they're civil is, is a huge win.
0: For sure um and then the other thing I was curious actually is uh I don't know why I've always I've always been curious about let's call twin dynamics mm. <laughs> and like you said you know having having you know your best friend there with you through everything um and also it was interesting for me to hear that you call her the alpha twin right and um yeah can you just go into a little bit more of that of you know what it was like having a twin growing up do you think You know, was there anything that was positive about it and negative about it that you can specifically point to? Or was it just kind of the normal because that's all you knew?
1: Um, Yeah, good question. (laughs) I actually can tell you the negative right off the bat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Lane and I have come to the conclusion that if we didn't have each other, we maybe would have done like more sports or extracurriculars um, we never really felt that need to socialize more outside of our little duo. Um, and we always had the same friends, too. Yeah. Like, if Lane made a new friend, I on uh, like, just by default had to, <laughs> that had to be my friend, too. Yeah. So, and that's changed a lot over our lives. Um, I mean, the positive thing is that you just have someone who literally knows your mind. They know everything you've gone through. They've gone through it at the same time um so it's like it's like a best friend on like steroids like it's just extra um and yeah no we're still so close to this day and I again I'm so grateful for that and she's doing awesome you know she has her restaurant now yeah kitchen and lounge and it's doing really well great reviews all the time the food is bomb and yeah she's she's doing what she's meant to be doing. And, you know, she's on her own journey and it's amazing to see, um, when we, when we had to part ways for the first time though, I remember that was an extremely painful period. Um, and it was probably more difficult on me because I don't know if I attach more or if just, I'm more of a sensitive person. Um, maybe don't like change so much. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool where we have been um, on our journey as sisters. Like we weren't friends for a, a year or two in high school mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, she was the cheerleader yeah. and I was the straight A pluses and worked a part-time job and just like had my head down and focused and she was like with the cool kids and you know, <laughs> there was a time where, where we were not close and then that did change by the end of high school, but um, yeah, we've grown a lot together and apart, and it's really amazing to always have that person that you could check back in with who, like, knows you better than anyone else in the world.
0: For sure. No, I love that, and, um, going back to a little bit when you guys had to go your separate paths, um, why was that, um, yeah, can you just go into that a little bit more, like, the circumstances surrounding that, you know, how you kind of made that decision, um, how you navigated through that, because especially with a twin, right? That relationship, like you said, you're so close. Um, so I can imagine it's even harder of, you know, other people going through even friendships, right? Friendships, relationships, whatever it might be. Um, you know, there a lot of times comes a point where your paths need to, you know, divert. And sometimes you can still maintain, you know, um, some sort of relationship, and sometimes, you know, it just, it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just you've gone different ways, and so that relationship has forever changed either way, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that um, doesn't change is change is constant, it's always happening. Um, so, yeah, I can speak to that. Um, it was more driven by Lane's angst at the time. Um, she had graduated from communications at UC, it was about It was a year and a half before I graduated. And she was um, just working as a server, you know, kind of had that, you know, almost like that ego kind of got bruised um, when you compared it to what I was doing, which was starting my internship for um, mechanical engineering. I was doing uh, design and consulting for, um, yeah, a mechanical consulting firm. And, you know, that's my degree, by the way, is mechanical engineering at U of C. So I think, you know, there, and it, there's even periods that, where the situation flips, where you compare yourself to the other twin. Um, where are they at? How are they doing? Am I, am I on track with them? Am I keeping up? So, um, yeah, I think we got on different schedules too. <laughs> and we were vegan at the time. So um, we, we had gone vegan. It's been seven years now for me. Wow. Um, yeah, she she did it a little bit before me, a couple months. Um, I was kind of like, no, I'm not doing <laughs> that with you. Yeah. you know, she didn't even ask me to, but I was like, we're twins, we do everything together. And yeah. you're gonna be, you know what? <laughs> even though like I am a vegan at my heart, like I was vegetarian before. It's in my it's it's in my values. It's you know, so anyway, um so I guess jumping back, yeah, comparing twins. Um, she was just feeling like not not at the same place. Our schedules were opposite. It became, oh, yes, this is what I was going to say. Um, we used to always meal prep together and whatnot, but then our schedules got so demanding, and she was like, I am fine with brown rice with cut-up tomatoes in it. It's like, what is that, lame? <laughs> and I'm like, no, if we're going to do that, like, let's make a Mexi salad and na-na-na. Like, and we were so even, very yeah. even with everything so when we had different schedules and it was difficult we just we just started fighting more and more i guess and it just became apparent that our paths were diverging and so we made the decision that we don't want to be together and fighting all the time and that it made sense for us to part ways um so she found a roommate and i found a roommate and i got to move downtown yeah um, and kind of yeah start this new chapter and like I said, it was, it was really difficult on me and it took a while. Um, Mm -hmm. but actually Lane eventually figured out that she wanted to be a health coach, um, which she's not doing now, but still it was, you know, part of the next steps for her and she needed a test client actually. Okay. And that was me. And it was incredible because a lot of her health coaching work was centered around, you know, um, questioning your limiting beliefs and Uh, going through your wounds and all these you know deeper topics so when Lane and I got to do that work together it was incredibly healing and it brought us back together and then we were in a great place better than ever
0: super cool So
1: it worked out really well
0: (laughs) yeah I love that um and so focusing a little bit more on you so graduated mechanical engineering um and you know engineering is one of those let's call it fields where a lot of people aspire to be right of like doctor engineer lawyer you know kind of lumped into that realm i would say i hear a lot can you tell talk a little bit about your journey with that are you still doing that um obviously you know like you said you were that straight a plus student and um you know going into that world and now just having some context on you knowing that you are Um, involved in a lot more, call it entrepreneurial um, type things as well, which is a lot of times very different from that, that school environment, that engineering environment. Um, Yeah. Can you just go into a little bit more about that, that journey through engineering and um, yeah. And if you're still doing it now,
1: how much time do you have? (laughs) I'm kidding. We've got an hour. So engineering oh my god i wanted to be so many different things when i was younger i wanted to be an archaeologist or a dermatologist was one thing um interior designer like just random all over the board
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and in school i became obsessed with math uh science was science was good i liked it better than you know writing or social studies but math number one science number two and when it became time to apply for universities, I kind of was in that, um, like really preconditioned societal sheep life, you know, where you just graduate high school and then you apply for university and then you get a job. And so when it was time to apply for university, I just thought, oh, engineering, that's a, that's a four-year degree. Uses math and science, <laughs> I'm smart, I could do that. Yeah. Sure. And um, I realized I didn't like it by third year when it started to move more away from the theoretical into very practical stuff. I'm not a practical person. I live in <laughs> dreamland. I like theories and concepts and big ideas. So yeah. I, I knew pretty early that it wasn't really for me, but I did want to see it through. So um, I did get an internship, which was 16 months long. So it was five years overall that I was in school. Six, if you count the extra year that I took, because there was a semester I really didn't want to work that hard anymore. Yeah. I wanted to smoke <laughs> weed, and watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> and only be in three classes a year, a semester. And that yeah. was a good year. <laughs> um, and this engineering firm, they, they offered me a job when I graduated. And I took it, even though there was a part of me at that time that said, don't really want to go into engineering but I'll I'll say yes to them and we'll we'll see you know it's it's a fallback and unfortunately I did fall back on it because um engineering is is not for me it's not my truth um and that's it actually was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do was walk away from that career path Mm -hmm. and it was after about one mental breakdown, seven months of therapy, and then another mental breakdown <laughs> to 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 realize that it that I this is this is time I've held on as long as I can. Um, but to tie this back into my other extracurriculars and social entrepreneurship, if you will, uh, that all started when I was on internship. Okay. So, um, A plus student, love to be busy all the time. Worked. Up- part-time job in high school that never let up, um, for a while. I'm not that person anymore, but, uh, come the internship, all of a sudden my school and my work were the same thing. I was getting paid to get, gain more experience in my field. Yeah. So I didn't have a part-time job on top of school. And I, all of a sudden felt like I had so much free time that I needed something to do with. And I didn't know what that was until, uh, Lane met my business part, my current business partner, Andrea. So Lane is inextricable to my story. You can't, you yeah. can't take her out of it. You can't talk about me without her. Yeah. Um, and so Lane met Andrea and Andrea had just became vegan for the first time. And Lane was one of the only vegans that she knew. Okay. And, uh, And again, if you're friends with Lane, you're friends with Janelle. (laughs) (laughs) This doesn't stop too much, even in adulthood. Um, But so uh, Lane and and Andrea started doing these vegan meetups, and that's how I started hanging out with them. And then Andrea had the idea that um, Calgary should have a veg fest, a vegan food festival, because we didn't have anything like that. We didn't even have a lot of vegan restaurants back in 2016 when we're talking about this there weren't a lot of vegan options um, the grinning goat didn't exist like vegan street didn't exist there was just not a lot of representation there was a community here but you couldn't see it Gotcha. so the idea was that we would put on this veg fest and you know see what happens and Um, I jumped on board with that pretty quickly because like I said, I had free time and when we started talking about it, my brain just lit up because I will say that my engineering brain is something that I'll always have. It's, you know, systems thinking processes, um, due diligence, whatnot, all the planning logistics. Um, so that really helped a ton with festival planning. Because designing a festival is pretty much like designing a building. There's, you know, fire safety, like water, waste, porta potties, all the things, tents, <laughs> yeah. structures, flow of traffic, electricity. Yeah, it's this. It's the same. So um, yeah, I got involved with Veg Fest Calgary. We had our first Veg Fest in 2017. I remember. Uh, Five thousand yeah. people came out, or so we estimate. You were there. Yeah, Yes. <laughs> Madison's twelve twelve. Yeah. In a food truck, right? In
0: a food truck, yeah. With uh, learn everybody learning together. It was it was fun. It was uh, it was an amazing experience actually. So,
1: wasn't it though?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It was for me. It was very surreal because we had spent all this time like planning and tr- figuring out something that we had never done before. I'm sorry. I'll backtrack. This was a group of eight people. It was a collaborative effort. It's blood, sweat, and tears of eight people who had no experience with this stuff, except that the only thing that held us together is that we were all very passionate vegans who wanted to create this space. So yeah, so it was, it was really unbelievable being able to step inside this map that we had been drawing, this like vision that we had been cultivating for so long. And yeah, it was a huge success. And then You know, we actually, the funny part, we had never really thought about what would happen after that first VegFest. We're like, let's just have the (laughs) VegFest. Yeah. And then it was successful and now we had to do it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay, rally the troops. Here we go. So we had one in 2018 and then 2019 and then 2020 was canceled this year due to COVID. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, But it was actually a really nice break because um, this is volunteer work that we do yeah. um, it's a passion project it's a labor of love and it's hard it's hard not to pour yourself into it because I don't know it's just it's your baby
0: yeah
1: you know we, we birthed this thing together and yeah it's it's hard not to love when you think of all the people that you've actually like affected last year there were some kids and they were like mom mom look at all the vegans and they were just <laughs> yeah. so happy to feel that they weren't like alone because yeah. we're still a we're still a small um percentage of the population overall yeah. and it's easy to feel very alone especially when you're living this like more i mean it's not restrictive but because it, it truly is an abundant lifestyle, in, in my opinion, and most other vegans' opinion, but yeah. it is not very accommodated. So you do you do feel a little marginalized, you know, sometimes. But it's definitely getting better. And I think that Fest has a lot to do with it. I'm proud to say that <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: all the restaurants started booming around that time. So yeah, we give uh, ourselves some props for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I remember remember that first one, and it's one of my favorite experiences. Um, in general of just like that arc of doing something for the first time, everybody being unsure of, you know, how it's gonna go, how many people are gonna show up, you know, like, we've never done this before. We, there's so, we don't know what we don't know almost, right? Mm-hmm. And then us there as a vendor being like, we don't know what to expect, we don't really have numbers to go off of, we're just, you know, really taking a stab in the dark almost. Um, and then it going extremely well, like, so well, it's like, holy shit, like, we're not prepared for this, like, on, on our side, <laughs> and I remember that day, like, running over to community foods, and like, where's your vegan cheese, I need all of it, <laughs> and, like, you know, clearing them out, running back and forth, crazy busy day, and then the, at the end, that, like, you know, while you're in it, you're just, your head's spinning, you're going crazy, you're like, there's a million things I need to do, and then at the end, you'll get to look back on it, and be like, Wow, that was amazing. Like, that was fucking awesome. I loved that. Right. And so I just, I love that arc. And it's happened in a couple of experiences, and that being one of them for me. Um, mm. It's just truly one of my favorite things to go through.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, nothing is ever quite like the second veg fest was awful. The third veg fest, from my experience, we had no electricity. It's yeah. a long story. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You remember. You remember that one. Yeah. But, um, Third VegFest was awesome. Definitely our best one yet. The highest attendance by far. Um, But nothing really compares to that first one.
0: Yeah. Um, So backing up a little bit, um, which is something that I think is super important and super brave on your part, actually. And I know that it was, you were feeling that internal, call it struggle or dilemma of, you know, I've spent five, maybe six years in school for engineering this you know, position that a lot of people look to that a lot of people from the outside would go, you know, maybe, are you crazy? Like you want to leave engineering? Like that's a good paying job. Like, you know, you'll make lots of money. Um, and you know, being brave enough to kind of go against, um, you know, call it, call it what you're supposed to do. Right. Um, and can you, can you just give a little bit more insight of what allowed you and to step away from that and, you know, pursue something that you're actually passionate about instead of living the quote unquote, you know, life that you're supposed to live where you go get a good paying job and then you work for 20, 30 years and then you retire.
1: Yeah. Um, honestly, it was, it wasn't really a choice anymore. I had held on for too long. I mean, there is no, whatever it is, what it is. Everything, everything that I've gotten through has gotten me where I am right now. And yeah, so, but yes, it was, it was too long because I was not happy. I was running myself ragged. Um, I didn't mention, but in addition to starting VegFest, um, Andrea, Lane and I started Talk Vegan to Me Clothing. Yeah, and that was just a whole other thing. Yeah, you know that I will, I will never do that again. I wouldn't, I would change a thing about the past, but I will never work a full time job, run a nonprofit, and start a for profit e commerce business all in the same. Like no, never again. It's too much. It's impossible. Um, I'm not a robot. I'm not a superhuman. (laughs) Yes. Um, So yeah I think there just came a point where it it was a breaking point it wasn't really a choice it was it was on my radar always that you know I I didn't even really want to get back into engineering after school but then something fell through with my current employer and I kind of took that safe route um, and went back there but like I said even in university around year three I was like man I don't know if I really want to do engineering anymore, so it was really just me finally i guess taking that step into what I knew for so long and was just really being very resistant to yeah. um, and i mean yeah it, it sounds it sounds brave and um but but it was kind of like, there was really no other option. Um, yeah. And especially because I had that incredible experience with VegFest and through Talk Vegan to Me, traveling to different cities and connecting with so many amazing people in this vegan community that I am you know, so proud to know and be a part of. And it was, such heart-filling work, such rewarding, like soul-aligned work, that when I would come back to engineering and sit down and start sizing ducks and rainwater leaders, it's just it. What it didn't. There was such a dichotomy. There was such a contrast that it, it's just. It I couldn't ignore it. It was just. In my face all the time and it was kind of always weighing on me yeah. um so but you're right like absolutely my parents were so proud that like they didn't graduate university and they were so proud that their daughter has this engineering job in a time where you know not everyone has jobs for the degree that they went first to school for um so uh, yeah, that was an additional complication. So many people, you're crazy. You're passing up on this, you know, steady paycheck, like benefits, um, RSP matching, uh, paid vacation, like, Yeah. well, so, you're right. But yeah, there there really wasn't a choice. Um, and as soon as I made that choice, I felt so incredibly light and felt so happy in my soul and just had, like, I had space yeah. to... To do what was the next right thing for me, and I think that's going to be my I think that's going to be my life going forward. Is it's it's probably not going to be you know one thing for the rest of my life. It's probably going to be one thing for the next maybe five years. Yeah, and then we'll assess again in another five years. Um, Yeah, I think it was just timing. came It came down to that.
0: Cool, time to move on. Yeah, that that idea of like not getting stuck. Right. And, um, it's crazy how so often, you know, call it whatever you want to call it, you know, our bodies or our gut feeling, whatever it might be. We know what we need, right. A lot of times it's more that, that fear of following through, that fear of the judgment from other people. What will other people think? Right. Um, yeah. So I, I still go back to, I think it was a brave decision, even though you felt uh-huh. like you didn't have a, any other choice. Um, and because you mentioned it before too, and it's something that I've been um, very passionate about the last last little while here is just, um, you know, call it mental health in general. And, you know, if um, you wouldn't mind going into a little bit of your mental health journey, um, you know, kind of where, it's, where it started, why it started, um, and going through that, because I think there is still a huge stigma around it. And, you know, hearing that other people struggle with similar things or you know are, are going through things that you may not see um i think it's super powerful so I'd, I'd just love to hear more about that
1: totally um yeah i mean taking it back to the very beginning and maybe oversharing a bit but i was suicidal when i was five years old really randomly i just i didn't have self-worth um actually i I realized recently that parents who fight over a divorce um, that actually really, the child internalizes that a lot. So yeah, not random. I do, I do know where the source of this is, but I didn't have any self-worth or confidence. And this was something that I struggled with and, you know, still continue to have to like really be on top of. Um, Cause I guess that comparison um, comparing yourself to others is such an ingrained habit of mine from being a twin. You know, you have someone who's the same age as you, same opportunities as you. So there's that comparison. And I think that's, you know, maybe a huge source of where that comes from. But, you know, that's kind of the, the first memory of, you know, anything being kind of off. Um, but a lot of my mental health stuff comes from burnout. So stressing, stretching myself way too thin and just piling too much on. So I remember it was my second year, second semester, or the first year of, you know, second year, first semester of university. Um, it was like best GPA ever. I t- took six classes, was killing it. You know how they say you could choose three things in university, sleep, social life, or grades? <sighs> For me, it was grades and and social life. So I didn't really sleep. But I got excellent grades and I had a good time. I was having a great time for a couple of years of university, um, but then by the second semester, I had burned myself out. I, I, you know, would go home and go straight to bed. Um, it was like, a, like probably my worst, de- worst, and first depression. Um, and then you know, it's a matter of building and kind of switching things up. Um, affirmations helped me a lot Uh, but you know there's always another time where like I'll, I'll be good and then I'll go through that that divot again so my work recently is trying to not catastrophize anymore and also not like in the bad times and then not be euphoric or just too attached to this cloud nine when things are going really well because I think that affects things quite a bit. It's like, oh, the guy's falling, oh, everything's amazing. So, um, but yeah, no, I mentioned the depression, the small depression after um, me and my sister stopped living together, that was like the second one. And then my most recent one was earlier this year. Like, and I think a lot of this has to do with, well, attachment, self-worth, but the most recent one I think was an identity crisis almost definitely very on par with what we're talking about here with your journey and like where do you go next are you on the right path I really felt like I didn't even know where the path was anymore um so yeah it's it's kind of been this constant journey throughout my life and um yeah like I said the work now is is to try to smooth out those valleys and bridges and be able to be more constant um and unwavering no matter what is going on in my life, no matter what's happening with my career or whether my laptop is broken or I lost this or that and whatever other thing is making me very unhappy for the moment, you know, just kind of realizing or taking that moment to be more equanimous, you know. Yeah. Not at all.
0: For sure, and almost minimizing those valleys and peaks, right, so that the swings aren't so extreme. Yeah, and totally. I you know a lot, a ton of that resonated, right? And, you know, I, I also very similarly and very similar to the same time as you, you know, I, I've been calling it my quarter life crisis, right? That like identity crisis of, yeah, what path am I even on, let alone is it the right one, right? Um, I think a big, a big thing that has stuck with me um, was I had started to learn that about myself i was always seeking other people's approval right and that's what i was looking for i was looking for approval i was looking for that external validation and whenever i would get it it wouldn't land and i would need more anyways right Mm -hmm. so the thing that i was chasing even when i caught it it wouldn't you know satisfy that need and what has stuck with me was one day my therapist asked me she went if you achieved nothing else in your life than what you've achieved right now, would you be successful? And it stuck with me because I went, I, I didn't know how to feel. Because looking at it, you know, um, without feeling attached, it was like, well, yeah, and like other people would say yes, but I don't feel like I am,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And it was that, you know, that lack of an answer that really just stumped me and bugged me and went, okay, there's, you know, there's something's broken in this thinking path Mm -hmm. and, um, diving into that. Yeah. So, um, thank you for opening up about that. And, uh, you know, do you have any, any tools that you've found have helped you? Um, I know that you mentioned affirmations and when you say that, um, is that affirmations from other people, is that more self-talk of, you know, Um, positive self-talk for yourself like you know what what are some of the tools that that have helped you
1: um yeah so the affirmations generally come from within kind of like that higher self um sometimes when you hear something and you're like oh where'd that come from (laughs) um yeah what one of them that got that always gets me through dark times is i love you i forgive you i give you permission to and then you fill in the blanks with whatever you need in that moment. Um, uh, another one is just good days and bad. You know, th- not every day is gonna be good and you don't have to hold this attachment to it being so. Um, Cause every day is different, every moment can change. Um, and I guess this came up when, when you were kind of countering there um, is with regard to identity and your accomplishments, like not attaching those two. Kind of, yeah, taking more of a stock of who you are, separate from those accomplishments. Um, and just being more steady in yourself, I think is huge. Um, another huge tool for me is uh, like a spiritual practice. Um, just kind of realizing that you do not have to you don't have to hold everything. You don't have to carry everything. You don't have to know what the path is going to be. You can surrender up those fears and those worries um, and not have to carry them anymore. And I think my best times in life that I have are when I am able to kind of put, put, the future, put my future, put my path, into the hands of the universe and just let it guide and support me. And really magical stuff always tends to happen when I do. So, yeah, I think yeah, getting, in, getting in touch with that, that higher self um, is huge. Yoga is one of those amazing workouts for me in that sense. It really unites you know, mind, body, and spirit. Um, but, but, yeah, all those hippie things, you know? <laughs> crystals even incense just taking time by myself I'm I come across as an extrovert a lot of people say but I'm actually very introverted um so being able to say no to plans and taking time for myself to just sit and reflect on my day and integrate that into my being is very important for me yeah. to actually be a sane person and be yeah. able to give my, the best version of myself to every, to my community, to my loved ones. Um, so yeah, actually making sure that you taking, that you take care of yourself. You don't run yourself ragged. You don't pile everything on until you're stretched so thin that you're literally as the therapist in tears for hours and you don't know where to go. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah, taking time. I think space, creating that space
0: for, for sure. yourself. Yeah, and a, a lot of those really resonated with me. And thank you for sharing those. And you know, a couple of them that that really stuck out were was that taking it one day at a time, right? That you will have good days, you will have bad days, and that's one thing that I have adopted recently is, you know, when I start to feel that like myself being down, you know, kind of almost in that depressed um, headspace, it's like okay, like today was a bad day. Let's go to bed let's see what tomorrow's like. Right. Like, and a lot of times I'll feel better the next day. I was like, okay, it was just a day. Right. Um, and it's, it's just watching that and uh, monitoring that of, okay, now we've been down for a week straight. Like, okay, maybe there's something going on. Right. But not stressing myself out about it and having that self compassion of you're having a bad day and that's okay. Um, You know, and again, that, that self-compassion has been so huge for me the last little while. And, you know, one thing that I've really tried to latch onto that came up when you were speaking is, you know, just being you is enough. You are enough Mm. because you are you. And it doesn't matter what your accomplishments are. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It's just being you is enough. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I love that. And again, thank you. Thank you for sharing that and going back to, you know, what really hit home for me was I would call it, um, you know, six months ago ish was I started having, you know, these sort of deeper conversations with people and, you know, people opening up, and talking about things like having suicidal thoughts or actually attempting to take their own life um, really hit home so hard for me. Because you look at them from the outside and you go, mm-hmm. oh, well, this person like has so much going for them. They're so happy. You know, they're like they're this amazing person. And it just it, it blew me away of the disconnect of what I saw and what was actually going on. Like, wow, they, they are struggling right? There's so much under the surface that people hide. Um, And, you know, if these people that seem like they're doing so well, you know, are having these sorts of thoughts, how many people in general are having these thoughts? And that's why I really have made a push to, you know, try to have these conversations, try to create spaces for people to open up about it. Because, you know, I think one of the hardest things about going through tough periods in your life like that is doing it alone. Right. And, um, yeah. And just the importance of community. Um, and I guess I, I was just curious if you could speak more on that on just community. Cause I know that well. one, the vegan community is so close, right. Um, and what I've come to learn, right. Is just how close everybody is and how much they care about each other and, um, yeah, where you have found community. Um, and if, if they have been, able to help you with some of the things that you've struggled with Um, because I guess the other thing that I found interesting is it was almost easier to open up about some of this stuff with people I wasn't super close with
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: those friends that you know I've had for 10 years you kind of have the status quo of like this is what we talk about this is what we go into and sometimes it's tough to throw that curveball of well actually you know I want to talk about this today even though we've never touched on it you know, the whole time we've known each other. So just your thoughts on community, where you found it, um, and, yeah, if it's been helpful and how helpful.
1: Sure. So I'm actually a very private person um, and an open book at the same damn time.
0: Uh, (laughs) What do you mean?
1: I – it's a riddle, Jared. Um, <laughs> I, I I feel like a walking contradiction a lot of the time, but um, yeah. yeah. So I so I guess I'm very I I haven't really leaned on my community with the mental health stuff so much, um, the vegan community in in particular. But what that community has done for me is um, really instill my sense of purpose. Uh, the fact that. M- myself along with all these other organizers of VegFest or myself along with Andrea and Lane have been able to have these incredible experiences with so many different people like I've, I've met so many different people that I like so many more people than an introvert ever should um, <laughs> and um, these experiences have inspired me they've given me you know, like, pot, like those random conversations that you'll just have with someone and it just like gives you a whole new perspective or, you know, a light bulb goes off or, you know, even you just feel connected like in that moment that there's actually something more going on or that brought you two together to have this conversation. I've had so many of those magical experiences um, with in the vegan community over the years. And it is what I think gave me that courage to walk away from engineering is that there was so much inspiration, um, so much more out there, so much fulfillment that I was able to get from these experiences that it made me realize that you know it, it's not worth settling because yeah. there is this whole other side that I have been able to tap into and I could tap into even more if I wasn't, you know, chained to my desk, um, sizing pressure drops. So, <laughs> um, in that sense, that's how my community helped me a ton. Um, for mental health stuff though, I've always leaned on like a very close group. Um, one of my best, I have two, two best friends by the name of Anne.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Both of them have, been like my lifesavers and my, my twin also my mom very close with her um yeah so i've and you know eventually leaning on my therapist who is also god sent like amazing woman um she actually i had i had some issues i had some resentment issues with my mom actually um with my parents divorce because i felt like it was more her doing yeah. um about to step on the laptop, so I had to. <laughs> Didn't want to disconnect the call. Wow. Um, that was Milo, by the way. <laughs> Milo, yeah, he's my new rescue cat. Oh, awesome. um, so, yes, it, it was always. Oh, my mom, my mom, and I had some resentment issues towards my mom, and honestly, they would come up even until like ja- January twenty nineteen. I was still having like just various things that would just make me snap at her on vacation. Like, why am I snapping at my mom? Yeah. And my therapist helped me through that when I was getting coaching for, you know, releasing those expectations or releasing what I thought I expected of myself or other people expected of me for staying in engineering. And in that time I was able to like work through my mommy issues. So yeah, yeah no, my, my therapist is huge. I think just having someone to bounce your ideas off of yeah i'm i'm an overthinker i get stuck in my head a lot so being able to put it out loud <laughs> is is helpful and then having someone to you know bounce those ideas off of
0: yeah no for sure and it, it's so funny like that story of like oh like I still resent my mom and you know almost that like that's weird right <laughs> it it resonated with me because that was very similar on my you know journey with my therapist of you know she started asking me about my childhood I'm like no I'm fine like I've made peace with that like everything's fine this is what I'm struggling with right and she's like okay yeah sure and then we started going into that and I was like oh actually no it was it was this and then we'd work through that like oh actually is this and we're going down layers and layers and I was think of it almost like peeling back an onion right of like going down the layers 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 and then we go almost to the root of it And like oh I actually do have a lot of things from my childhood I still need to work through and so yeah it's that's why I'm also I've, I've been on a kick of being curious about people's childhood and how they grew up and mm-hmm. um, because we're, we're shaped so much and we make so many decisions about our life at a very, very young age and they become ingrained in us and we don't actually know where we've taken those lessons from. Like, oh, this is a decision I made when I was nine years old and it's just been truth for me my entire life, um, even though it might not quote unquote be true, right? And like now looking at it um, as an adult, you know, maybe I don't actually believe that. Maybe I wanna make a different decision about that. So I, I definitely, understand a little bit of uh of some mm-hmm. of that um yeah, yeah and- you
1: really can't ignore that <laughs> yeah. you carry it with you and um and yeah i i have the same theory um healing happens in layers you know you literally cannot access that inner layer until you peel off that top one
0: yeah i love it so, that.
1: so that's why also like with being on uns- like trying, like working on being more steady in my mental health mm-hmm. is I'm able to take comfort in that, well, this is probably just something coming up that I wasn't able to access before. And now I'm at a point where I can heal that and move through it. So yeah. perspective is everything when you're going through those tough times. Like being able to cancel your negative self talk and coach yourself out of it.
0: Yeah, it's so tough, but it's so important. Yeah, um, amazing. Um, as we're kind of finishing up here, one of the, one of the last questions, because um, it's something that I've been struggling with a lot, is, you know, call it a life mission, or a calling, or a passion, whatever it might be. And so I'm always curious um, to ask other people. So if you, haven't, if you don't know, that's more than fine as well, because I have no idea. But do you think that you've had, you found your calling or passion or call it a North Star? And if so, what is it?
1: I mean, career-wise, like I said, I'm always gonna be bouncing around and I don't know that that's always going to be in line with, with what that is. But ultimately, and I've, always, I've said this since I was super young and it's super cheesy, very Miss America, But I want to make the world a better place. I want to be part of that positive change in the world. Um, There's, no, there's. It seems so big, like an impossible task. But it starts small. Um, I don't know if your high school had this poster, but it said, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Think, think globally, act locally. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. If it did, something to that effect um and yeah you know i my goal is to make the world i mean not go vegan because that's impossible there are various cultures who you know it does not make sense they don't have access to this food it is a it is a privileged uh way of eating in certain parts of the world or certain ways of doing it so not saying make the world go vegan but um If I could reduce the suffering in the world, um, increase compassion and kindness, um, if we could just treat everyone better. And I guess my philosophy is that everything is connected. So like, why would we put anything negative into the world? Which, you know, of course, is something I have to remind myself of even when I'm going through my dark times. Like, hey, Janelle, you're putting something negative right now because you're being hard on yourself. But um, yeah, just, just make, make the world a better place for everyone in it because it, it is so intrinsically connected and, and we're, we're not alone. We have to kind of lean on our community and, and do what we can to, to make it less shitty. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I love that a lot. And I love it because there's so much flexibility in it too. I mean, you can approach it in so many different ways. So I really, I really do love that. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to touch on? Is there any questions for me that you had? Um, anything like that?
1: Ooh. Um, yeah, I got a good one for you.
0: Okay, I'm ready.
1: What's your biggest lesson you learned this year?
0: I have an answer, actually. Yeah. It's, I love it. Um, to trust myself and to trust my gut. Um, and just to listen to it. Because there are a lot of instances when I went against my gut and I knew that in my body it was telling me that this is wrong. Um, and I did it anyway because I told myself this is what I'm supposed to do or I was trying to gain somebody's approval um, and just really trying to go back to listening to that gut feeling and listening to, um, yeah, to myself because I and trusting myself that I know what's right.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm so proud of you you started this podcast and (laughs) thank you like we we had gone for coffee when was that in in February
0: I think so yeah that's right when I was just starting everything um kind of call it kicking off my quarter life crisis so right yeah
1: and and look what you've done it's it's amazing that um you know you didn't get stuck in the oh what should I do next and just (laughs) jump in I think I heard it on one of your podcasts, it's like everything you do, it's going to give you like, whether you go to this school or that school, you you'll be exposed to certain ideas or an event will happen that wouldn't have happened if you went somewhere else. And yeah, yeah doing this podcast is amazing. Re- like regardless of what happens for you in five, 10 years from now, or what that plan is, this is going to help, help you and so many people. I think it's, it's really incredible. The, the topic that you've chosen for this podcast is talking about people's life journeys because like right now i'm i'm um i'm working on veg fest uh we're actually selling talk vegan to me
0: oh that's exciting
1: yes yes i'm not sure when this goes to air but maybe the deal will be <laughs> will be done by then um
0: Very exciting okay
1: but um so what happened what is in store for me next is it's honestly I'm looking at a few different options so um yeah reflecting on on my journey and all of this it's it's really been helpful being on this podcast and listening to your previous episodes and I really thank you for the work that you're doing it's it's very helpful for people like me and I'm sure lots of people so yeah thank you That,
0: that that means a ton I really I really do appreciate that um and yeah, I mean, you kind of half answered it already, but my last question was going to be, you know, what does the next phase in your journey look like?
1: Yeah, like I said, I, at this point, I'm thinking I like accounting.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I know, I laugh at myself too, because it's like, she quits engineering to go into accounting. <laughs> like, so boring. But uh <laughs> No, in all honesty, I find numbers very intriguing and fascinating and they just never lie. I love numbers. So maybe a data al- analysis? analyst, analyst, analyst.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably not that. Um, no, we'll see. I might, um, I love, I love seeing and creating beauty. So maybe it's something more along the lines of working in an architect's office, doing something similar to what I was doing in engineering, but now for the people who care about aesthetics and not, I mean, heat control is important. Yeah. Plumbing <laughs> is important, but no one sees it. No one appreciates yeah. it except for the mechanical engineers. So um, yeah, staring at a few, di- few different options right now, but um, I think what I'm really taking away from this conversation is it, it really doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you are bringing you to the table. And, and yeah, really like holding that precious. Cause that is what you share with the world. And that is how I'm going to, you know, live out that legacy or what you had asked me before is, is by being me. So.
0: I love yeah. that. I, I love that a lot. So thank you for that. Thank you for this. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find uh, the projects that you're working on? Where would be best?
1: Uh, my Instagram is probably the best. Uh, it's not a very fun name. It's JP, as in Janelle Page. And then my last name, I think you said Fav- Favreau by accident.
0: It's, it's Phaedro. Pedro.
1: With a D. It's all good. It's tough. <laughs> it sounds French, but it's German. Um, yeah. So my Instagram, JP Phaedro, is a good spot. I have links to VegFest, Talk Vegan to Me, and uh, Vegan Street my sister's restaurant where I'm currently doing their accounting stuff (laughs) and having a great time doing it. So yeah, one day at a time, we'll figure out the next step. Um, but for now, I'm very, very happy living here in my apartment with my two cats and (laughs) being my sister almost every day. It's yeah, it's, everything's good. Everything's exact. I feel like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be and yeah, it's a good feeling.
0: Awesome. Well, Janelle Phaedro, Thank you so much. (laughs) And uh, we'll chat soon, okay?
1: I love it. Yes. Thank you, Jared.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback that you have through Instagram at Jared Salikin or by email Jared at jaredsalikin.com, as well as it really would mean the world to me if you liked and subscribed to the podcast. Thanks so much.